Welcome to Soul Talk, soulful conversations exploring who you are, why you're here, and how to live your most authentic life. My name is Coop Blackson, nationally best-selling author of You Are The One, transformational teacher, and your host. I invite you to subscribe to the Soul Talk podcast for weekly inspiration from me, where I will share with you some powerful ideas, thoughts, and practical life wisdom to help you live life more fully, freeing yourself from your past, reclaiming your power, and living your true life's purpose. You can also go to www.coopblackson.com, enter your name and email to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment. Let's get started with Soul Talk. Welcome back, folks, to a very special episode of the Soul Talk podcast. Uh, Every time the last few years around this time of year, uh, February, um, we have had on my dear friend, the amazing uh, relationship guru, expert, uh, best-selling author, the amazing John Gray. And so this year, I thought we have to have him back to go deeper into all things relationship and love. So folks, I don't think he needs too much of an introduction. If you haven't um, checked out some of the previous episodes we've had with John Gray, we're going to put those in the show notes and in the in the link, and we'll put all, all of his websites uh, as well in the show notes. So this man is amazing. He sold millions and millions and millions and millions of books. Men are from Mars, women are from Venus, been featured on Oprah and every media outlet on the planet and more. Um, John, welcome. The amazing I'm so John happy Gray. to be with you, Coot. It's a delight always. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for saying yes. Uh, as always, uh, I've been looking forward to these conversations around this time, talking about relationships. Um, I want to talk a bit, a bit about some of the, let's say, some of the biggest misconceptions people that you observe people have about relationships. Um, so often we want to find a relationship, be in a relationship. We have these ideal, idealized perceptions of what a relationship is. And so I want to explore what do you see as some of the biggest misconceptions that we have around relationships that perhaps cause the the most challenge, the most difficulty. Um, and like, what? Let, let, let's even start here. What is a relationship? <laughs> <laughs> let me start there. Well, what, what the hell is a relationship? Because we have all these ideas like, this is a relationship. No, this is a relationship. And we have different ideas. So let's start there and go into the, the bigger question. Well, you know, we have to, if we're going to look at the word relationship, we have to look at the word relate. Okay. It's relating to someone. And I think when we talk about the word relationship, we're talking about how I relate to you. I relate to my clients in one way. I relate to the government in another way. I relate to my children in another way. And then we have something called a romantic relationship. And most of my books focus either on romantic relationships or how to get into a romantic relationship, which is the dating process uh, and the commitment process, the marriage process, that, that's relationship. Then many people are divorced. So you will always have a relationship with your ex. Uh, and of course, one of the most important relationships I know you talk about, Coot, is, is uh, a relationship with ourself, mm-hmm. uh, which is how how do I relate to me when, you know, I, I've taught workshops and books on self-esteem, for example, and 
that's one way you can relate to yourself. An example of low self-esteem, even though I was I was a happy person, successful person, aspiring, but still I didn't have my full self-esteem. So I remember giving my first lecture when I was 19 years old. I'm 71 now. So that's a long time ago. Wow. Big, big journey. But I, I gave this lecture. I thought it was in University of Texas. It was on meditation. And I put posters up everywhere. I told my friends. I had a reasonable good amount of friends. They said, oh, yeah, I'll come. I'll come. Nobody came. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get some new friends. <laughs> so embarrassed. But then finally, I realized, OK, I'll just leave. And then some guy walks in. Huh. So now I had to give the talk to one person. And that was painful. <laughs> was oh, my God. I've done that. Less painful if I just nobody knew. But yeah. now this one person. So that was um, that's low self-esteem. And of course, he had low self-esteem thinking that, you know, I'm in this room. Nobody else is here. So this must be terrible. It's, mm. it, it, sometimes it's reasonable to think that way. If I go into a restaurant and there's a lot of people in one restaurant and next door, there's nobody. <laughs> you can't you kind of go, well, why is there so little people in this restaurant? What's missing? Mm. Well, then my self-esteem Another example of that was that I finally made sure I had people going to be there. It was like 20 people in a talk. But then after the talk, there were a couple of people that left, stayed, and asked these sort of rhetorical questions. Well, why would you say this? And I disagree with that. And so maybe it was two or three, three people out of 20 or 30 people. I don't remember exactly. When I go home that night, who do I think about? Those two or three people. Mm. I never do that anymore uh, <laughs> unless I'm pondering it like I wonder how I could win them over <laughs> it would be just a, a, a passing thought a curiosity it wouldn't be like keeping me from going to sleep as mm. opposed I take in the the 27 people that thought it was a great talk I take that in that's what I'm going to remember so low self-esteem is how we relate to ourselves. or high self-esteem is am I able to focus more on the positive things about me as opposed to getting caught up in the negative things? Mm. And so that's relating with ourselves. But since Valentine's Day is around the corner, uh, we can talk about, if you wish, yep. our relationship with a potential significant other. Mm -hmm. and what's interesting about that word, potential significant other, is a special relationship. And a lot of people are like saying to all oh, special relationships, we should all just love everybody equally, whatever. Yes. Well, that's a relationship. I do have the aspiration to love everybody equally. When I was uh, when I was unemployed, I was a monk. I could love everybody equally because I didn't need anybody. I had God. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, I wish you all the best. But then suddenly you have an employee or you work for somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and you love them all equally that way. So th that's a kind of relationship. It's a universal mm -hmm. feeling of love. But then when you get down to it, you get a, a significant relationship. Like for you, Kud, having a, a child, you're going to have yeah. more love for that child than other children on the playground. That's mm -hmm. appropriate. Mm -hmm. uh, it would be weird and and uh, unfortunate for your child as well if you cared as much about all the other kids as your own child. Mm. Uh, so your, your child needs to be special it's your family we belong oh together i'm your parent so that is a significant relationship but when it comes to the gender relationship of male and female or if we want to broaden our awareness and just say two people uh who have a significant special relationship and in that significant special relationship a trust builds up and then you feel I can open up and share who I am with this person more so. 
For example, I'm looking into the screen. I see we both are wearing clothes uh, <laughs> because that's the appropriate relationship. But when you have someone who's significant, who you feel very safe with, that I can be me. I can be my, I can have uh, you can know what I think. You can know what I feel and you can see all of me. That's when you get naked. And one of the big mistakes couples do today is in many cases, they have sex too soon. They get naked before they've opened their minds and hearts to each other. Mm. Uh, typically what happens if, if there's always been sort of a contract in culture and you can see it in animals as well as the female picks the male. Uh, I remember being in this at Galapagos islands, you know, which is uh, known for everything is sort of been the same for long periods of time on these islands. You can see how evolution affects animals. But I remember seeing these uh, uh, females are all sitting down and watching the male birds. And the mm -hmm. male birds, they're, uh, no, actually it was the females were up above checking out all the males. Mm -hmm. And the males are all, th this. their throat gets really big and they show their wings and you know they're peacocking, you know, look at me, look at me, look at me. And then the females then pick who they're going to mate with. Mm. That's always the case. Okay. It's just, <laughs> and, and generally speaking, there's a dynamic between the, the breeding relationship of the female is always choosing the male and the male is kneeling before her and saying, will you marry me? So mm. we have to look at these basic romantic gestures and extrapolate what does it mean to maintain these romantic feelings? Mm. And that's typically uh, Valentine's Day is a celebration of for most people, a romantic relationship. And in that romantic relationship, I believe it's one of the most powerful personal growth experiences one can have. Mm. And, and I can't say it's the most fulfilling because <laughs> it's most fulfilling. My children are most fulfilling. My marriage, my, my divine relationship mm. is most fulfilling. So, you know, it's, it's, I like them all. And, mm -hmm. But what we're looking at today is an evolution of humanity where people want to sustain the romantic feelings that they had in the beginning. Right. That, that right. was the case. See, this is, a, mm -hmm. this is a leap of evolution. And if you don't know how to do it, many people who don't, they just think it's madness. Uh, you know, you have your, your expectations are unrealistic and too high to be able to sustain a passionate, intimate relationship. And, you know, that because people can't and they want to be more loving, then they say, oh, well, let's have many partners. Let's do all that. Eventually they get bored with that. Uh, but there's a huge benefit of monogamy, mm -hmm. which having been a monogamous person uh, and, and also having open relationships in the past, there's such a benefit where you can some when people don't understand having a good monogamous relationship, a passionate monogamous relationship Thinking about having sex with somebody else or masturbating to porn is like, ugh, it, 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 there's no interest in that at all for me because mm -hmm. I'm so fulfilled. Imagine you you have a, a good organic restaurant. You know, I've got where I live, we have organic restaurants and good food, and I can't afford good food. So when I go out, I go to good food as opposed to a McDonald's. Right. I haven't walked into right. McDonald's in, in, in 50 years. Uh -huh. uh, because it's poor quality food. And, mm -hmm. you know, I, I wish that we didn't have those. We could have cheap food that was really good for everybody. But I prioritize when I go out to dinner to buy expensive mm -hmm. organic food. Mm -hmm. And my grocery store, one of them here is only has organic food. Everything in it is organic and <laughs> costs more. Right. But I don't waste money on wine. I don't drink alcohol. I don't take drugs. I, 
I don't go on a lot of vacations. I prioritize my money on the things that are most important to me. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoy healthy, good tasting food. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what the monogamous relationship is. Mm-hmm. As you're growing in love. You're, you're being mm-hmm. with somebody you truly reveal all you are to them and they adore mm-hmm. you and love you. And the evidence of that is that you're also can get naked with them and feel uh, very safe. And when you're naked with somebody feeling very safe, and an appropriate relationship, uh, the passion comes back. Mm. What about, what about, before you continue, what about, you know, sometimes you hear this, this talk from sort of theorists and scientists talking about, look, monogamy is not natural for us as human beings. Oh, I love addressing that question. Oh, there's a Can, wonderful book on uh, Sex at Dawn, I think, is that the one you're referring to? Yeah, that, that's one of them. And I was book. hearing this other doctor, sort of anthropologist guy, Umar something, talking about this yeah, as well. Just look, I wonder what his relationship with his wife is like. <laughs> that's the first evidence, all right? Yeah. But then you, you have to look at what, the person. Mm. But, but we are designed as men. We can make enough sperm to planet... A, 10 babies every day if, if mm. we had partners, you know. So you can say we're designed to have a lot of sex. And we are if you're a monkey. You know, if a monkey's in heat, they all come in and have sex. You know, it's procreation is a very, very big deal if you're a monkey. Mm. Have a monkey brain. We have a primitive brain back here. Uh, it's the, the lowest part of the brain, more unconscious part of the brain that controls sex energy. It also it controls violence. Uh, now, mm. am I a violent person? I actually, as a teenager, I was a karate guy. Everybody wanted to fight me. So I had a few fights and I went, I don't <laughs> want to do this. <laughs> I hurt a guy and I felt terrible about it. And, uh, it's not, I'm not that connected to the violent part of me, but given the situation, I can be very violent, mm. Uh, mm. but that would be in a state of extreme fight or flight, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fight or flight. And because I have not grown up in a world of violence, uh, I'm more connected to the higher self, the mm. higher self that says we all want to get what we want. We want to be safe. But being violent isn't always the best way to be safe. Right. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. Gandhi kind of had the great awakening, an eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. Let's get revenge. Everybody goes blind and that mm. doesn't end. Mm. It's just one reaction after another. So what we have to do. Then Jesus came along and said, you know, forgive. Mm. And that's a hard thing to do. People really today don't know how to do that. Uh, They misunderstand forgiveness. They think that to forgive is to let somebody do that again and again to me. Uh, And the Bible can be misinterpreted by some people. Oh, if somebody hurts you, turn the other cheek, let them hurt you again. That's not what that means. (laughs) That means, you know, you're going to take the high road. If they're going to be violent to you, find a way to solve the problem without Mm -hmm. using violence. Well, we haven't figured that one out on this planet. In my Mm -hmm. personal life, I have. But, uh, you know, people are still stuck in their own inability to find forgiveness. And forgiveness is uh, always a challenge. And I know how I forgive. It's very easy for me to forgive because I take responsibility for everything that happens to me. Mm. I know that I create my reality, my behavior, my thoughts, my actions produce the results I get. I'm a free person. I make choices. And because I'm free and I make choices, then I have to be responsible for the outcomes I get. Now, does that mean other people don't mistreat me or cheat me or hit me or whatever? Yeah, that happens. So, yeah, they bruised me. But now I have the ability to heal the bruise and mm. not make the same mistake again. You know, what's the old saying? Fool me once, yeah. fool me twice. <laughs> you know, that whole thing. Uh, it's, it's fool me twice. It's my fault. 
Okay, so I have to learn my lessons, but you can learn your lessons in a relationship uh, and not, it means your heart can open again if it's that kind of significant relationship where you've made a commitment, mm. you made a commitment to open your heart when it closes down. Every human being, it closes down. Even for me, you know, I'm, you know I've been doing this for 50 years, so I'm pretty much in love all the time. But recently where I live, I'm just looking outside with all this big weather storm and and the power was out at my house and it's really cold for five days. Well, I was pretty grumpy and irritable. <laughs> <laughs> now, fortunately, it didn't erupt into huge fights in my marriage. Why? I'll tell you this is the secret. Every guy should know this. This is not so much about Valentine's Day, but it mm. can happen on Valentine's Day. If you ever get triggered and you're a man and you're upset, you're annoyed, irritated, bothered, frustrated, what we want to do is usually tell the person who's annoying us to change. Yep. That's a formula for disaster. See, we need to handle our own issues. And if we can't in that moment, like I was mm. really just irritated and annoyed because I was freezing to death. <laughs> mm. and, and I'm mad at the electric company, mad at the government, mm. mad at this oil shortage. You know, I, I got a lot of political stuff going on as well. You know, we're, we're just a bunch of slaves these days. Uh, it's inflation and the craziness is going on. So I'm all up on that stuff. But I don't really dwell in those feelings at all. I know it. And I go, well, it's all God's will. I, I'm going my own life. <laughs> when I'm freezing. <laughs> yeah. What about what about if you if your partner's being a jerk, right? Actually, in reality, not not subjective, like they're actually really being, you know, a jerk or they're being an ass. They're being really like so we're talking about women to men, not men to women. Or, or vice versa. Okay. Right? Vice versa. Because what if they are actually doing something? Yeah, and that means you if somebody's bothering you, you're in a state of fight or flight. Unless you're like, hey, I'm cool with this. Right. But you're saying it's not so much they're being a jerk. It's I feel you're being a jerk. But what or, if they what, what what if they actually are like 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 someone's partner is like says, hey, you, you you're fat and you're ugly and you you know, they actually do something. They say something. They actually, yeah, you do and you say something. You need to get out of the room. You need to come back to a place of feeling not stressed. Mm -hmm. And then you can go tell them, you know, when you say that. And I know you don't do it all the time. And mm. it's not that big of a deal, but sometimes you do it. I appreciate it if you wouldn't. <laughs> That's it. You communicate what you want, but not like an animal. Uh, it's uh, the same uh. thing with the, the monogamous. Uh, yes. The, Can you go back to the monogamy thing? I'm going to come thing. back to monogamy thing. Yeah. It's, when, it's, it's one of the movie stars said this one time, like why he, uh, most movie stars all cheat and they have affairs. Mm. Their marriages don't last. They have a big sense of entitlement. I can have whatever I want. Well, then one of them, I forget his name. Old, old movie star. He's very monogamous. Everybody knows it. And um, they said, why, why you can have any woman? Why don't you say, why do I want, why do I want to eat at McDonald's when I got sirloin at home? Mm. I got the best. See, people don't understand how amazing what sex can be. They're just looking for, they're addicted to the pleasure of sex rather than seeing sex, which is this biological thing that automatically happens if somebody's, if for a man, if somebody's uh, turned on to me. I want to have sex with him. That's mm -hmm. biologically. As a monkey, when females are in heat, they come and let you know, and you get turned on right away. Well, in our culture, when women, they simulate being in heat by showing their, their cleavage, mm -hmm. uh, by showing short skirts. And you know, the subconscious mind, when it sees more skin, it thinks a woman wants to have sex with you. So mm -hmm. an immature male will suddenly want 
misinterprets because he's living in the monkey brain. The monkey brain says, oh, she's in heat. I'm ready to have sex with her. Mm. Eventually you grow up and you realize she don't want to have sex with you. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, these guys getting turned on to porn women, they don't want to have sex with you. They could care less about you and, and you can care less about them. So when you have sex without love, what happens is you feed an addiction, uh-huh. addiction to pleasure. Just like I do have an addiction to graham crackers. So I can't buy them. That's all. I stay away from <laughs> right. graham crackers in my house. I'll go for it. You know, I'm, I need to be a 12 step graham cracker if they, but I just don't buy them. And occasionally mm-hmm. I do for fun and I'll eat the whole box. And I say, good, you're celebrating <laughs> mm-hmm. out of control. So I, I have control. I don't go do it. So monogamy means that when you're not turned on to your partner, you have a problem in your relationship. And now you can do something to overcome that. And then as you overcome your inability to be turned on or feel love for your partner, the process makes you a better person and raises your mm-hmm. self-esteem. So, you know, it's just counseling a couple today. You know, they, what is it, a month they haven't had sex. Well, another couple, I, it starts to be a month, then it starts to be two months, then it starts to be two years. There's a, so many couples who've been married wow. don't have sex. Wow. You get out of the rhythm of it. So let's just come back to the biology of monogamy for a moment. Yep. And if you have sex with a woman that you don't love, mm. your body does not produce the same hormones if you have sex with a woman you love. A married couple in your monogamous relationship, they've done this test. When you're in a monogamous relationship, because you love this person, right? You're feeling mm-hmm. like, I got the best. Why do I need that? So when I'm with the best and I make love to her, that'd be a happily married couple. You make love. A man will make a hormone called prolactin. Mm. If you have sex online or sex on a first date, or you have sex with, if you have sex without love, without someone you know, uh, then what happens, your body doesn't make prolactin. What it does is prolactin inhibits your desire to have another woman. Mm. Monogamy hormone, we all have it. If you're in a loving, committed relationship, your body will make prolactin. If your body, if you're not, you just masturbate, your body doesn't make prolactin. Mm. So you're giving the message to your body, and this is interpreting the biology, okay? First, interpretation, my interpretation to the side, but the biology is such that when your body makes prolactin, your interest mm. in having sex with other women that you don't know diminishes. Right. Biologically, right. what's happening is prolactin lowers your dopamine levels. It keeps your dopamine levels from going to cocaine levels. Mm. When you have sex with a stranger, someone you don't love, someone you're not in a committed relationship with, you're just it's just a self it's just self-gratification. You know, I'm horny. I want to, I want to release. Okay. When you do that, your, your body basically doesn't make prolactin. Instead, it says, Hey, you just released your sexual energy and didn't make a baby, a, a woman you loved, because theoretically you mate was the female chooses you. Mm-hmm. If you're a good mm-hmm. man for her, then she chooses you to have a baby. That's what sex is about on the lower mm-hmm. level. So she's choosing you to have a baby. Your body will make prolactin so that you don't leave her see nature's got this figured out god's wow. got this figured out biochemistry by chemistry it's biology you find a woman who chooses you and the reality is uh, this is sort of going to push some people's buttons but think about mm-hmm. it uh in my book men are from mars one of the chapters is called the anatomy of an argument 
women start all arguments. <laughs> and they know that if you point it out to them. They say, well, he did this and this and this, but he's not arguing with you. Mm. What women do is they complain about something. And then a man basically explains to her why she shouldn't complain so much. And now you're in an argument. Mm. He's upset about something he does, something he didn't do, something he will do, something he should have done and didn't do. She'll start to articulate that. And it's the only because she's in her monkey brain. Mm. They haven't yet evolved. Some women have. You have to teach them how to do this, how to ask for what you want. You see, all complaints mm. and all negative emotions is just a request for more. Mm. They're all just saying, I want more. But you're communicating like a monkey. You're getting angry. Oh, I'll get angry at you. Or, oh, I'm going to feel so sad and you'll get sympathy from me. And, oh, I'm afraid. So, you know, you'll do better for me, you know, or I apologize. So you'll trust me again. These are emotions all come from the primitive brain because they mm. work to communicate manipulation. Now, when I say that, does that mean I'm against negative emotions? No, our negative emotions are our salvation. All my books mm -hmm. have several books on how to process your negative emotions because a negative emotion only occurs inside of you when you have a desire, which is basically based upon a belief that's not true. You're lying to yourself. Anytime you're upset, it's false evidence appearing real. Mm -hmm. It's forgetting that everything's all right. You're going into fight or flight. You're in control here. You can do what you need to do. Every situation, there's something better you can do. If you're not feeling confident in yourself or trusting that you deserve more, you have negative emotions. Mm. And this is all programmed into us. And what mm. we try to do as more enlightened people is elevate those negative emotions by understanding them. What's behind them is always a desire to love, a mm. desire to love yourself, a desire to have someone love you, a desire to get what you want. You know, I want that. I can't have it. Now I'm upset. So, so, so let's say a woman is upset with her husband, with her man. What is the, how does the man navigate that now? Rather than going into his monkey brain, right? And, and right, go right. into reaction. Cause nobody, so, nobody so how does that. he skillfully navigate that? So it doesn't just go back and forth. Well, I'll tell you a lot of couples do. <laughs> they stop having sex. Mm. Well, that's, that, these are not good things to do. These are not good things, right? They're not good things to do. It, what we'll do when you're having sex with your partner, when you're in a sexual relationship where you're feeling connected, it mm. means I can relate to you. I relate to you. Everybody always wants, I want to tell him I love him, but does he love me? Because if you say, oh, I love you, and they, well, I don't love you, it hurts, okay? You feel excluded. You feel left out. You feel like a fool. So we all need this sense of reassurance that we're relating with you in a similar way. Now, if a woman is upset with a man, he could be cool, calm, and collected, but he's also on a regular basis having sex with her. So he's mm. very connected to her. When she's upset with him, he'll suddenly become upset with her. He'll relate to her emotion and have that emotion. This is what men do. If you get angry at a man, he'll get angry back. Mm. If you complain to a man, he'll complain to you. And so what men have to know is when you do that, you're behaving like an idiot. The man, the masculine. Yeah, the man's behaving like an idiot. She's behaving. She needs to know she's unloving and foolish. Complaints huh. don't work. Do they work? They never work. Mm. But women go, how do I get him to change? Stop trying to get him to change first. Second, ask for what you want when you're in a good mood. And do mm. it in small increments and learn how to ask for help. I can't give you the super, you know, I can give you one example of how to do that. Okay. And most couples, the things yeah. they argue about start out little. Mm. Mm. And then you start disconnecting. You start 
getting upset with each other, little things, but it gets bigger and bigger. So you start with little things. So I'll say it like a little thing, something I did that was annoying to my wife mm. until it made her really upset. After 10 years of me leaving on the lights in the living room, when I'd walk through, I'd leave on the lights. She said, oh, you left the lights on. Our electric bill's so high. You have to remember to turn them off. I said, okay. And I forget. And I forget. Mm -hmm. And I forget. So I'm doing something that's annoying for her over and over and over. Is it my intent to do that? No. No. I just forget to do it. <laughs> mm -hmm. I forgot, you know. Uh, I'm supposed to remember what I can't remember. So anyway, so this becomes in the first three or four times she asks me and then I forget later. It's like, oh, not such a big deal. Then the 10th time. It's the 20th time it turns into, well, if he doesn't do that little thing for me, because it wasn't mm, a big deal, mm. it must mean he doesn't love me. Mm. And not only that, so that's a bigger issue. He doesn't listen to me, doesn't love me, doesn't care about me. I'm not a priority. Then it goes into a bigger issue, which is confusion often women have about men, which is, well, if he won't do little things for me, then what if I have a big thing? Mm. But you see, the real truth, when you understand gender differences, the real truth for most men. Now, I can't say anymore most men and have it be very, very broad because so many men are feminized and most women are all masculine. So, <laughs> but mm. when a woman's on her male side, she's not going to have orgasms. Mm. And this is, I mean, I, I, I want my wife to have orgasms, orgasms. And that just makes my day. It's like I'm a millionaire. Okay, and every man feels that if they've had women have real orgasms, it means you're a superman. It means you're a stud. It's a to the to the primitive brain. You see, the primitive brain, we want to include that in our higher consciousness. Mm. And, but we don't know how, most men don't know how to do it. And most women don't know how to do it. Half of the women in the world have never had an orgasm mm. in America. I saw I know in America, a quarter, half of those, the one half, half can only give themselves an orgasm. Mm. Mm. Before That's we go to the orgasm thing, because this is all, <laughs> it could be a whole nother topic there. So 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 she's upset. What do we as men do? What do, you do? Thank you. I know that's an issue for you in your marriage, I'm sure. What does the man do in that to. moment we so argue. it doesn't escalate, John? What, that's what, it. We don't want it to escalate. You have to what do we do in that moment? Well, what do I do? I Basically, I two things I can do. One is I have to stay in control of this situation. Okay. If a man feels I'm out of control, he becomes emotional. As soon as you become emotional in the tone of your voice, you're escalating. Men should never become emotional when they're not feeling supported and loved. Okay, period. So, so what, how, yeah, that, what, what, how, what does he do with his emotion? Well, you suck it up and be a man. Okay, just suppress it. Later, when, you, when you're feeling more relaxed. We are warriors. People don't understand that. This mm -hmm. is why, you know, we're creating a bunch of babies today. Right now, there's wars going on in the world. There have to be warriors, and they're not women. Mm. Men. men have to learn to be suck it up and be tough. That's what boot camp was all about before they put the women in there. Now all the rules are changing. Mm -hmm. Man, to be a man, you have to be able to disconnect from your emotions and then come back to your emotions when you're feeling love. Mm -hmm. Now, see, now for me to all say this, it sounds good to some people, sounds crazy to others. Sounds like, oh, you know, poor little boys, they couldn't cry. And that's why we have so yep. many men in jail. No, we, you know why we have so many men? I've taught in the prisons. I know why we have so Yes, they can't cry. That's for sure. That's not why they're in the prison. They're in prison because they didn't have a loving mother and a loving father. 
Mm. That's what's missing. It's his whole focus on he can't talk about his emotions like that's the the pill that saves everything. No, it's a minor thing. It's these are boys that grew up. You know, here's an example of one man. He couldn't he couldn't talk about anything. He's not in touch with his feelings. And yes, we have to be in touch with our feelings, positive mm. feelings, not negative feeling, positive feelings. Mm. So, but sometimes the doorway into positive feelings is to embrace your negative emotions, but you don't embrace your negative emotions when you're mad at somebody, you're talking to your therapist, you're talking to your journal, you're praying to God. You know, in the old days, if you look at all of the, the Psalms, you know about this, they're all complaining to God. Oh God, in the, the darkness of the world, what could I do? Please come save me. You know, it's just complaining, but that's a catharsis. You'd have a catharsis with God. Women need the catharsis. That's why they're the ones that always express a feeling. You know, if a woman is happy, men don't argue. Men don't argue with a happy woman. Men only argue with a woman who's blaming him. And women don't realize that they're at fault. See, they think it's all his fault. They don't have any idea that when you're angry, you're not loving. Now, when you're angry, you it's because you love him that you got angry. But when you get angry, you're not loving. <laughs> when, when you're arguing with him, you're not satisfied with him. You think, well, who would be satisfied with this? <laughs> I, I got one woman. She's a multimillionaire, right? And her husband makes a million a year and she has $50 million. She's unhappy all the time. Why? I told her, you know, if you didn't have any money and your husband made a million dollars, you would be all over him in gratitude. Mm. The women today, when they have more, they don't need men. When you see, it used to be women needed men. So what do you need a man for? Valentine's Day. That's a symbol that if you if a woman doesn't need you as your as your bank uh, and your muscles to protect you, because we have uh, theoretically we have a legal system and all that, uh, which is corrupt. But anyway, we had it. If, if you have all that, what does she need a man for? Most many women say, what do I need him for? What you need him for is to help you feel feminine. And you have to realize you're not being feminine. You're not being loving when you're complaining. So what you need is to have a therapist, have a coach, have a journal, set personal growth, learn how to articulate what your emotions are to let them go. So the process of emotional therapy, uh, any, any type of talking is you become aware in a safe place where somebody's not saying to you, you're so unloving, you're so horrible. Even though we all agree, when you have negative emotions, you're not having positive emotions, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so, what so, every man wants is a woman with positive emotions. <laughs> so the masculine, the man, when she, when his his woman is complaining, disconnect from the emotion, suck it up, go inside, go into neutrality. neutrality you're gonna, you, you, you're going to say two things: go into neutrality, and was there something else? Well, here's the dynamic. And this and, and this is where we can buy prostitutes opinion and whatever and yeah. what technique you use. There's biology here. Mm -hmm. We're talking about male-female biology, right? That's mm -hmm. what I'm talking about right now, male-female biology. Women, when for a woman to re relax and be happy, she mm -hmm. needs to have 10 times more estrogen than a man. This is so, biology. So, Any so, unhappy so, so, woman. Say that again. Okay, any unhappy woman, a depressed woman, an anxious woman always has exceptionally low estrogen. Mm. Okay, done. Or for half of the month, she has exceptionally low, unhealthy levels of, of progesterone. For half of the month, she needs healthy levels of estrogen. The other half, she needs healthy levels 
of the combination of more progesterone than estrogen and less testosterone. So you can measure people's emotional states by their hormones. Mm. Now, that being the case, we now know if a woman, for example, is to have an orgasm, just to be happy, any woman walking down the street who's happy, her estrogen levels in that moment, they change throughout the day, will be 10 times higher than a man's estrogen levels, than a happy, happy man who's estrogen, okay? <clears throat> your estrogen levels, okay? She's going to have, your wife needs 10 times more estrogen. And she's not dependent on you for that at all. She should be able to make that estrogen on her own. That's where we have the old statement. If you want a relationship, you have to first learn how to love yourself. Mm. I mean, be happy on your own. Do what you want. Have children, have gardening, have friends, have a job, things that you love to do that make you feel good. So when a woman feels good, her estrogen levels are 10 times higher than a man's. Then you have what's called a romantic relationship where her estrogen levels will double. And that's what an orgasm is. Estrogen doubles. If a woman's estrogen levels don't double her normal level of happiness, she won't have an orgasm. And it's interacting with the male that raises that up. And this mm -hmm. is research showing that if a man's testosterone goes up in the presence of a woman, that means he's turned on to her. His testosterone goes up, her estrogen will go up. And that's called pheromones. This is unconscious communication that's going on all the time in, in a relationship in all relationships, there's communication, the body's picking up on things, just like we have eyes, we have smells, but there's smells that we can't consciously smell. Yeah. But this has been shown by research has shown these pheromones are there, they can be measured and they have an effect. Well, when a man, his hormones biologically, doesn't matter whether you think you're a man or you think you're a woman, biology, if you have the male genes, you have the male sex organs, basically the bottom line here is you need 10 times more testosterone to feel good. That's your work. You can't depend on a woman to raise your testosterone 10 times more. You depend on her to raise your testosterone beyond 10 times more. Mm. So you look on just people, where's the research on all this? Because nobody talks about this. Well, nobody knows this stuff. But what I'm saying here is just simply the science. Go look on the science of what are normal testosterone levels for a man compared to normal testosterone levels of a woman. Mm -hmm. And normal testosterone levels in a man are at least. 10 times more than a woman's, sometimes 30 times more than a woman's. Mm. Has a lot to do with the, the broadness of the shoulders. So you're probably about 20, 20 times higher than your wife. Okay? Mm -hmm. Muscle mass requires more testosterone. So if you, you need to have a baseline of 10 times more testosterone than a woman. So what happens is when a man is in fight or flight, that's arguing, right? And a woman's, when she's arguing, when she's arguing, her testosterone levels are going higher and her estrogen levels are going down. Right. Mm. When a man is arguing, his testosterone levels are going down and his estrogen's going up. See, when you're annoyed, irritated, bothered, estrogen is all emotions are estrogen. Mm. And if you're feeling threatened, if you don't suck up your emotions temporarily and you're going to talk, as soon as you talk about what you feel, or while you're feeling strong emotions and you talk, your estrogen levels continue to go higher and higher and higher. Mm. This, is, this is why we have therapy. Is that women, 90% of the people who go for emotional therapy, talk therapy, 90% mm. are women because they'll sit and pay a therapist to just listen to them complain about their husbands or their life or, or their childhood or whatever. 
and there could be good therapy. I'm, I'm not against good therapy. A lot of it's not good, but if she's just talking, just talking, being a victim, <laughs> being a victim, estrogen levels will come back up and then she'll feel better. So just like we have men doing porn, because the more fantasy it is, the more you don't love that woman. See, estrogen is, is love. The more you don't love the woman, your testosterone will go higher. When you love a woman, your testosterone will automatically go down a notch. Now, how do I know that? All right. So now we have big studies all around the country of millions of men, single men as a category for every age have higher testosterone levels than dating men who are in a committed relationship. Mm. And then married men, it goes down a notch as well. And now you're going to have children. It goes mm. down a notch as well. Mm. Now, that's the statistics. That's the average of this country where people don't have a culture that supports men being men and women being right, women. Right. Or, so how, so, so or, the, or, or you're in a culture, which I teach, is how you can be a modern person. I can be feminine. I can be masculine. But my testosterone levels are always super high. Mm. Mine are 50% higher than when I was a young man. Right wow. now, 71 years old. Wow. Yeah, it, it, this is because I am aware of how if I'm upset, for example, I never talk to the mm. person I'm upset with or I don't talk in order to achieve a result. If you express negative emotion to get something done or if a negative emotion controls your behavior, then you're using estrogen to get what you want. Your estrogen goes higher and higher and higher. So you, you have a moment of aggravation, upset, you're with your lady. You will be silent and leave the room. You'll be, I'll be silent. silent. I'll ask more questions. See, asking a question, you're using words, but you're you're not sharing what's inside. Mm. As soon as you start to share what, if it's negative, I'm feeling starting to feel a little annoyed and irritated. Let's say it starts out with little bits. So, you know, it escalates. It's starting like, I don't like where this is going, right? As soon as I don't like where this is going, I realize, oh, I'm starting to have some not loving emotions, not loving feelings like irritable, angry, bothered, annoyed. This is estrogen rising in my body. Men have to understand, be self-aware. What's going on? My estrogen's going up. If I use now at that time where estrogen going up, if I now try to change her in that negative state, my estrogen will go higher and higher. So what I can do, certainly I can want her to feel good. That's not a problem but not want her to feel bad. Whenever you try to correct a woman, you're changing her from where she needs to be. So what we do as men, the big mistake we make when women are bothered, we want to explain to her why she shouldn't be bothered. <laughs> That's logical. Two men, I can explain to you why I was late today and you go, no big deal. Now I understand. Okay. I explain and that's enough. Now we have a phrase called mansplaining. It's a women's yeah. judgmental expression. For men or from Mars, it was men trying to solve the problem. But woman talks, we want to explain to her why she doesn't need to be bothered about that. Or we do something, and that's a mistake. Mm. That's talking. Mm. Yep. Another one is, 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 is comparing. Well, why, why are you feeling this way? You shouldn't be feeling this way. You have this and this and this. Anything mm. you're doing to put out the fire and bring back the loving woman Anything you do is actually making it worse. Mm -hmm. And you do that by words. So here's words you can use as opposed to telling her why she shouldn't feel what she feels or trying to explain to her ways of looking at it differently 
mm-hmm. or realizing that, you know, this is really your childhood stuff that's coming up. This is why therapists have the worst <laughs> relationships generally, because they're using mm-hmm. Freud to explain their partner why they're wrong, anything like that. Your job at that point is to raise her estrogen levels so she can remember how wonderful you are. She's just mm-hmm. forgotten. Mm-hmm. She has forgotten. And so how, when, what do we do? How do we do that? Ask questions. You have to feel in control. Whenever you feel I'm in control of the situation, I know what to do to achieve my goal, which is a happy woman. That's all you want. You want a happy woman. So I know what to do. So what not to do is don't tell, don't try to change her mood. Don't try to explain to her. Don't try to solve her problem. Don't get mad at her. Don't raise your voice. Don't threaten her. You have to know what not to do and realize you are doing a lot of the not to do's. Mm. So then what you do is you've got a little button pushed and call that you're triggered. You're triggered. Now you realize, okay, there's a period of time where I can regain my confidence that I know just what to do to get what I want. And what is it that will get what I want? Get her to talk more. Get her to talk by simply saying things like, well, help me understand that better. <laughs> Such a generous phrase. Yeah. So this increases the estrogen is, is, is what I'm understanding. But you know, it increases estrogen in her. In her, yes. This increases estrogen in her. me because yes. it's not about me. Right. See, women are all calling men selfish, me, me, me. And some men are without a doubt. But women, all women are me, me, me. You're mm-hmm. a therapist. I'm a therapist. Hey, every woman that comes in is talking about me, me. I don't get this. I don't get this. He doesn't do this for me. And me, 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 me. That's, that's receptivity. That's the negative side of receptivity. The positive side of receptivity is I appreciate, I accept, I trust, I enjoy, I love. See, these are all the reactions that we want from our partners. We want to feel received by them, accepted by them, appreciated by them, trusted by them. I'm their hero. And every man falls in love is when he gets the message, I have something of meaning and value for her. You can only get there, men, until you first feel every day I have something I'm doing that has meaning for people I don't love so much. That's called work. Okay. I have my life has meaning and purpose. I am serving the needs of others. From that place, you have your own self-esteem. It's not dependent on your partner's mood that day. Mm-hmm. Then what you do is you raise your testosterone even higher by taking her higher. So mm-hmm. that's the whole thing. This is what sex is about. It's what romance is about. I can do little things and suddenly I'm her hero. So so you mentioned so the question is, so instead yeah. of trying to give advice, explaining things, you shift gears into therapy mode. Question, questions. <laughs> questions. Yeah. That's why I learned this. I get Ask questions, questions, allow her to speak. Her estrogen goes up. You listen, come into neutrality. And then she forgets what she's upset about or what she's upset about becomes not a big deal. Mm -hmm. See, all, and I'm now speaking to the women, you want a man to hear your complaints even better that should be requests. I didn't get into Mm. how to make a request. I just real quickly for years, I did not turning the light out. And then one day I changed. Why? How my wife approached me. Mm. She came into the kitchen, big smile on her face which I love. And that's why I love her so much. Big smile on her face. And, and she says, Oh, John, <clears throat> I've noticed you've been turning out the light lately. And I just want to remind you how much I love it. And, sometimes <laughs> you still, and then, and sometimes you still forget and it's no big deal and walked away. That's the opposite of what any woman does instinctively <sighs> as an animal. 
just express what you feel without any intelligence, without any higher self, without any wisdom and understanding of what he needs to hear in order to let you in mm -hmm. to change that behavior. Mm -hmm. So she did that three times. And after that, turning out oh. the light all the time never came up hardly at all. You mentioned estrogen is love. Estrogen so, is love. So, That's so, why so, on Valentine's Day, you plan something. That pre-raises her estrogen. Let her know in a week in advance what we're going to do every day, anticipating a special time where she's the center of attention. Mm. Nothing about him. It's not going to a football game with him unless she loves football. It's what would be good for her. Romance is doing what makes her happy, not what makes him happy. Because mm. on a romantic relationship, her happiness is the major source of his happiness. Mm. So if Sorry, estrogen I is, is if estrogen is love, yes, and a man is in love then his testosterone is going down. So unless, he know, unless he's got a wife who appreciates him that keeps it up. <laughs> okay. That's why communication is so important. Mm. Men need to get messages all the time. Uh, you know, my wife loves me more than anybody else. So it knocks my testosterone up. But if she's complaining about me, it knocks it down big time. So, so, so for the women, it, it, it's understanding that praising him, acknowledging him, appreciating him, yeah. the acknowledgement increases his testosterone yeah and, and basically those are ways testosterone can go up the, if you want to simplify it into one phrase whenever a man feels successful or mm. anticipates success his testosterone goes up as soon as a man doesn't feel successful and doesn't anticipate being successful his testosterone goes down mm. and so uh, couples just don't realize over time it's the the way the brain works is it remembers negative things much more than positive things. Yeah. It's, like, yeah, it's called yeah. a bias towards negativity. And this got is no evolution. If something hurts you, you got to be watching for that all the time. Uh, there could be a tiger. You're always thinking, where's the tiger? Where's the tiger? You're not thinking, you know, uh, where's that nice person who lives <laughs> down the street? Yeah, that's mm. not as much of a priority. Mm. So fight or flight, and most women and men live in fight or flight a lot of the time. And so our brain goes into a bias towards remembering and thinking of negativity. And for women, it's about 10 times more. Right. Because women have, it's just biology here. If you look at wiring in the brain, when women begin to experience stress, overwhelm, they have eight times more blood flow to the emotional memory, which guides them to think of everything that's gone wrong and could go wrong. And at that time, it's because her estrogen levels go down, blood flow increases to the emotional memory. <clears throat> Think of it like a library on the ground floor. She remembers my life is wonderful. It's great. And you know, my husband's not perfect. No big deal. He does this for me, does this for me. And I love him so much. Mm -hmm. That's the ground floor. When she's in fight or flight, because her estrogen always, when a woman's in fight or flight, her estrogen levels are going down. You know, you can look at this also simply logically. Estrogen is I can depend on you. And when I can't depend on you, then I have to do it myself. And the, another more powerful thing of I can do it myself. When you can do something yourself, you always feel in control. My wife is complaining about me. I know just what to do to get what I need from her. When you know that, but most men have no idea of how to get what they need at that time. What I, and they don't even know what they need. I need her to think I'm an amazing guy. I need her to appreciate me. I need to accept my imperfections. I need her to trust that I'm doing my best and I don't have to be perfect. This is really important that people, as what I need, how do I get that out of her? 
It's a reciprocity. I need to give her what she needs and she will automatically give me what I need. So what is it women need when they're complaining? Most important thing, they need to know you care. You're not zoning out, okay? You're listening to her. You're looking at her. That's one, okay? I care. You're a priority. Two, she needs to feel understood that you understand where she's coming from. Now, to understand where somebody's coming from, there has to be in that understanding a non-judgmentalness. Right. I understand you're being a, a selfish person. <laughs> I understand you're an unhappy woman. Yeah, I understand. I could understand that. That's not what I mean by understanding. You need to see where she's coming from. The old uh, spray walk a mile on their moccasins. You know, try to put yourself in their situation without an education of women's hormones. My gosh, it's very hard for a man to understand where she's coming from. You expect her to be logical all the time. No. And unfortunately, when women are on their male side, also, whenever you're logical, you're on, you're making testosterone. Yep. Whenever you're not logical, but you're emotional, you're on your, your estrogen side. Now, what do we want? We want both. See, the objective of this is I want to be on my estrogen side. That's my mm -hmm. loving side, my happy side, my enjoyment side, my pleasure side, the smile on my face, the blood flowing. My, that's my positive side. Now, I've got my male side over here. Well, the male side goes up by feeling in control, by being confident, by being selfless, by achieving goals, putting forth effort, doing that which is challenging or difficult. It sucks uh, sometimes to listen to your wife complain, and you shouldn't do it if it's too hard. You have to have an escape clause. This is all like practical stuff. That's why I've written 28 mm -hmm. books on this stuff. It's, it's complicated relationships, which is why, keep in mind, they're all failing. Yeah. All these single people is because they can't make a relationship work. Yeah. And how much divorce there is. And second, second marriages, it goes up from 50, it goes 50%, goes up to 60 or 70 in different parts wow. of the country. Third marriages, it goes up from 80 to 90 if it's a divorce. Mm. This is um, it just shows you that <laughs> you're in the relationship, you think it's all the other person's fault. Mm. No, every relationship that fails, it's your fault. You're mm. not doing something that would make it work. And included in that is also you just pick the wrong people. There is a yes. reality of picking the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, is speaking is the wrong person for a woman is often a man that she's sexually turned on to right away. That's all, all that's usually a warning sign. Red flag. Pardon that? Red flag. That's a red flag. That's a red flag. And particularly in the case where I counsel women doing this 50 years. Where she says, I just keep meeting these guys and they ghost me and they never call back. And I go, yeah, of course, they can't bond with you. You're just giving them the sex. Men should not get the sex until you can bond with him mentally and emotionally. Then that bonding makes him feel successful in the relationship. You know, she's really interested in you. She admires you. She thinks your character is good. You do things. She's appreciative of that. She's not too demanding. You bonded with her. Now you get naked around sex. And that's healthy sex. But a lot of women have, if you have that pattern, not every woman has that pattern. Our society pushes them into this pattern yeah. of having sex too soon uh, before she wants it as much as he wants it. See, that's mm -hmm. the relationship. My mm -hmm. relationship, my wife wants sex more than me, although I can always provide. That's part, <laughs> that's mm -hmm. part of having high testosterone levels mm -hmm. uh, and not being addicted to sex. See, I freed myself from the addiction to sex. Uh, and so and that comes after years of practicing good relationship skills and having a testosterone level that is so high. 
Uh, and that's confidence. That's that's alpha male. That means things don't bother you. Anytime you're bothered, you're no longer alpha male. Alpha male is what's most attractive to a woman. She'll say he's safe. Right. Safe means you can beat on him and he'll say, okay, let's figure out what we can do here. Tell me mm -hmm. more. So the mm -hmm. phrases, men, are help me understand that better. The more she talks, the more, and you're not judging her or pushing her away, the more her estrogen levels will go higher. Mm -hmm. When it goes to a high enough level, the blood flow stops to that, that library because the second floor of the library, all she can see is all your flaws, all your mistakes, all the things you wow. said you're going to do and you didn't do and all the frustration. That's all stored on the second floor. That's where she goes when she's in a state of stress. She goes mm -hmm. right to that place. Men don't typically do that unless they've been talking. Mm -hmm. Once a man talks, remember, he's going to his female side. If, right. he's, if he's emotional, he's talking. So if, John, if, if let's say a guy, a man is just angry as hell he's just like ah, he's pissed off he's angry yeah, he's, but what 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 can the women do how can they navigate when he is in that state leave him alone just it's leave him alone biggest chapter of men are from mars 50, 40 years ago wherever it came, 35 i've been teaching it 40 years cave time she just says hey you need your time i'm gone by yeah, you need your time. I need my time. Sometimes you can't tell him what he needs at that time. You never want to try to change an unhappy man. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I need some space. I need some space. Uh, and, you know, there's different communication skills in my marriage. It's simply my wife just says, you're being mean and walks out of the room. But we've agreed upon that as a safe word. Because mm. uh, why should I even talk to her if she doesn't feel safe? Women cannot hear a word. You know, women are always saying men can't hear anything. It's true. But women can't hear things worse. If a woman doesn't feel safe, she can't hear anything you say. And if you're a man and you're trying to convince her of something and she's not agreeing with you, you'll just get more upset. Mm. Convincing, trying to change, trying to push. Nobody wants that. I don't want that. Nobody wants that. But we keep doing it with each other. And that there it starts. A woman gets upset and a man, because he's intimate with her, he has these mirror cells in the brain. And he will now feel what she's feeling, but from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. She's angry with him. She's, oh, you always forget to do this. Well, you forgot to do that the other day. And you forgot to do that the other day. And you never spend time with me. Yeah, but you're just sitting on the phone the other day, completely ignoring me. So you, it's tit for tat, tit for tat, ping pong, back and forth, back and forth. When you mm -hmm. see you're doing these things, you have to realize, okay, we have a problem. My problem as a man is I have... At that time, my estrogen is rising too much, pushing my testosterone down by simply saying, I'm not going to reveal what's inside of me because it will not be heard. Mm. It won't be heard. So anybody, you share what's inside and people like throw things at you. You don't, that doesn't feel good. So what she needs, her need is to increase estrogen by sharing what's inside. Then if you don't share back what's inside, that's safety for her to let more come out. And then she runs out. You know, men say, oh, she goes on and on and on and on and on. I go, yeah. And how many times do you interrupt her <laughs> and make some comment? Just mm -hmm. say nothing. And then what they'll do is because they don't, nobody knows this stuff. Then what she'll do is she'll say, what's the matter? What's going on inside of you? And then you start to say, oh, not much, not much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She'll get you to say anything. And now the whole argument starts over. But why would you feel that way? And why would you think that? And why would you do this? And, now she's got to defend herself like a man because she's now on her male side. Mm. See, that's why women, when they're complaining, complaining is solving a problem, okay? Whenever you're solving a problem, affecting change in the outer world, you're on your male side. That's our male side. A woman has a male side, man has a male side. 
All unhappiness in relationships is when women are too far on their male side and men are too far on their female side. Mm -hmm. So a relationship can be a way to balance our, our male and female side. So back to monogamy, the thing about monogamy, if you're losing your sexual attraction to your partner, that's why you're interested in somebody else. Okay. Right. Sex is not as delicious. So you go like, what do I need anybody else for? And also biologically, you're going to feel I need somebody else if you don't have enough prolactin in your body. Mm. You can't just take injections of prolactin, just like taking testosterone injections doesn't give you any of these benefits. Mm. Taking testosterone doesn't give the benefit. It's having a mindset, a lifestyle, a relationship that generates testosterone mm. is where your vitality comes. Mm. If we look at the leading cause of death for men, except for now we have what's called sudden death for mysterious reasons. We don't have to get into that. But anyway, <laughs> deaths have come up 10% more. Uh, but before all that, uh, what we had last two years uh, is the leading cause of death for men, premature aging and so forth, is low testosterone. Heart, you can't wow. have a heart attack if you're a man if you have normal testosterone levels. Mm. Every man has a heart attack, has low testosterone. It wow. can happen either from feeling no work, not feeling good about yourself, not in control of your life, or retiring. Retiring mm -hmm. is doing what you like. Oh, now I finally can do what I like. As soon as you just do what you like, estrogen goes up. Anytime uh -huh. you're doing what you like, and, and it's not balanced with your male side. Like, I like talking to you, kudos. This is one of it's off my job. This is my work. Mm -hmm. You know, I gotta, sometimes I don't feel like working. I gotta mm -hmm. suck it up. And that's what's happened in America right now with two years of people not working. Their men's estrogen levels just soared. They're all wow. just, it's like it's like an addiction. Any addiction a man has is too much estrogen. Okay, eating too much. You're depend anytime you're depending on something outside yourself to make you feel mm -hmm. good, rather than doing something for someone outside yourself. Mm -hmm. When I do something outside myself uh, to produce a result outside myself and I'm successful, I feel really good. So you said too much estrogen. Is that in a particular moment? Because you see some men that- In that moment. In it, that it, can moment. Be, it changes all the time, but we have gotcha. general balances. When, when, uh, when you're eating, for example, you're making estrogen. Mm. All right, mm. You're depending on something outside yourself to make you happy or to nourish you. Mm. So if you're taking drugs- your, your estrogen levels go up. All addictions and men are excess dependence on estrogen stimulation. Mm. So it's like, I depend on some, we need to be self-reliant, self-sufficient, can do guys, look what I can do. And the way you build that is you set goals and you follow through. The more you mm -hmm. procrastinate, you're going to your female side. You yep. do what sometimes is difficult and challenging. And challenging. And then it gets easy. And then you find something else which is difficult and challenging. And then it gets easy. And that's what for men, it's eventually it's a building up of your confidence. I'm a can do guy. I do what I say. And I also enjoy what I do. And I love what I do. So you hear all the successful men saying things like only do what you love to do. Well, yeah, let's say you love to eat or you love to take peyote or you love to take drugs. or you love to They're not saying that. Right. You know, the, the classic book for successful people in terms of the outer world make an effect in the world is. One of the books, your book is well, but uh, one of the more classic books is Think and Grow Rich, mm. interviewing all these successful men at the time. And they all talked about sex sublimation. Yep, that transmutation. Means never, that mm. means they never masturbated. You don't mm. just have sex for the pleasure. You have sex in order to go to a higher state of love. And what this looks like practically for men and for women is use the pleasure that you're feeling because usually when people feel pleasure, they don't have any resistance. I like this, you know, 
I like this so much. So when you're not feeling resistance, you're flowing. Now, when you're flowing, ask yourself, what's, where's my love? Express mm -hmm. love. And that's when you can be vocal about your feelings, man, is when you're having mm -hmm. positive feelings. Because you, you only have positive feelings when you're a man is when your testosterone levels are a little higher than your estrogen levels. Mm -hmm. Got to have that. Happiness comes like I can be ice, eating ice cream. And that, that's a lot of estrogen. But it becomes too much estrogen if I eat more than is good for me. So right. there's always this idea inside of me, for example, that I know what I can depend on for extra pleasure, but there's a limit to it, restricting mm -hmm. yourself. So dietary restriction, you know, yeah. for example, I don't know fasting. if you do, but lots of people do today's fasting. I'm fasting right now. And mm -hmm. also I do intermediate fasting. It's pretty easy once you get in the routine of it. Mm -hmm. is, but you're disciplining yourself. You say, oh, I can have that. That would be good. But I'm going to wait till a little bit later. I'm going to wait for a little bit later. I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do. So you set mm -hmm. a goal. You follow through. Nobody can do this perfectly. You know, we have to yeah. give a break. But we want to make sure one of the things that we can do, this is the easiest thing and the most powerful thing for men, is when you're upset, don't talk. Uh -huh. <laughs> don't say, talk. Say, say that again so we can hear when, it. When you're upset, don't talk. <laughs> don't talk. Now, what you can do is you can go talk to a buddy. And when you talk to a buddy, make sure that you're you're making jokes. Mm. See, this is what this is why you're talking to a guy. You have to like laugh. You know, with all my male clients, I always laugh at their mistakes. This is ridiculous, mm. a foolish thing. I mean, and then yes, and, and indulge in expressing some negativity, always from the point of view of letting it go because you're mm. in control of your life. You're not dependent on everything to outside of you to make you happy. Mm. Women have to do the opposite. They what you do is, and I said there's one, two things you can do. One is assert control in the situation by not trying to control her, but control your own emotions by staying in the questioning mode and giving her what she needs. Not what you think she needs, but what we now know women need. That's why they go to therapists. They want to talk. They need somebody to be understanding, caring, and also respectful. That's where you get rid of never say anything mean to her. You know, you don't say you're fat to her. Mm -hmm. that's, that's a disrespectful thing, right? Yeah. You don't say you're a big complainer uh, it's disrespectful so don't call names do any of that stuff just don't talk it's the safe zone except ask questions and now let's say you're asking questions you just you think it's so much bullshit you just can't take it it's over and over <laughs> just pushes your button and just now you're 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 what is it you're uh you're gorilla you know you're you're horrible person has come out we yeah. all have it inside we're animals that if we're not in our higher self the animal will control so if you listen for too long and you're not really feeling, okay, I got this. You see, when, which people get upset with me, I got this. You know, mm. first of all, some people aren't that important to me, but with my partner, they're important. But in my mind, I see myself, I'm going to be the hero and we're going to have great sex because I'm not going to get upset with her. Mm. See, that's logic. We have to follow logic. But if you don't have that pathway and that pathway is strengthened when you have experience of keeping your mouth closed, asking questions and not saying what you feel. And not even trying to be logical with like, you know, it'd be much better, easier if you would just say it like this, teach your partner. No, you can't teach them anything at that moment. Mm -hmm. What you do is you give them what they need. They need caring, understanding, and they respect. Mm -hmm. You give them that and you don't try to change them in any way. Then sometimes you're not good at this stuff. You think, oh my God, you know, that I'm, you're going to take it personally. Just like uh, that, you know, the people who didn't like my talk and I got all upset at them, you know, and thought, oh, I took it personally. I made them more important than me. Okay, so when that when that happens, you start realizing, all right, I'm losing control. I'm not able to dissipate those emotions quickly. 
or suck it up and know that I can handle it later, knowing I'm going to win this game. I'm going to win this game. All right. Uh, I've got a goal here to give her what she needs so she can forget what she's upset about and come back to loving me. And then I'll get what I want. All right. So having said that, we all have times where we can't do that. Yep. Already starting to escalate. You don't judge yourself for that. You have a safe word. And for her, if I'm, if she can't hear me and she just says, you're being mean, walks out of the room. Now that's not, doesn't work for all couples. Uh, I work with them to find out what words can she say to him where he won't get more upset. Uh, I can hear that very easily because I've never intend to be mean, but some mm. people actually feel guilty about being mean. So, but so what they can do is you can have a safe word called you're being insensitive and then walk out of the room and he's not allowed to follow you. Mm. The, the other one of this man can say, I realize I'm getting upset. Then I say, look, I need to think about this and we'll talk again. And you walk out of the room. I need to think about this. And you have to make the rule and right. you have to discuss it after you've broken it so many times. You just got down huh. at a time where you're feeling good. I mean, women follow men, men follow women. It's like, we got to get in there, you know? And that's because they waited too long. Mm. You, you got to become aware of escalation point. Mm. It's the same thing about, you know, as, as men become more mature and they're in a committed relationship, they love their partner. You can learn to be multi-orgasmic as a man, but you have to notice those moments where if you, if you yeah. intensify too much, you'll ejaculate. Yeah. Well, that's what escalation is. That's what ejaculation is, just a monkey reaction. Mm. And, and there's nothing wrong with ejaculation. You want to make babies. <laughs> and there's a purpose <laughs> of that. But if you're not going to make babies, why lose your life force energy? Mm -hmm. So many books written on Tantra and Taoism and so forth, where these ancient cultures knew that if a man masturbates, he loses his higher self. Right. If, in his relationship, if he ejaculates, he loses his higher self if he does it too much. Right. But he can grow in his higher self if he doesn't ever ejaculate, but he makes love and has orgasms. It's you mentioned uh, red flags for women. Um, but can you talk about any, like, last few questions here, like a red flag from guys, like here we are Valentine's Day, going into thinking about, you know, partners, possibilities, like what are some red flags that men should be aware of when they are thinking about potential partners? Well, I, I know what you're asking, I have to give a, a preamble to it, which okay. is dating. If you're thinking whether this is the right person, what are the red flags? Well, let's go step before that. And have many, many dates where you're not looking for red flags. Mm. You're not looking to see if this is the right person. As soon as you start looking for red flags, your brain goes into a bias towards seeing negativity. Okay. So the, so the contrary to that is create a series of positive dating experiences is your goal, not to pick the right person. I'm doing this to create a series of positive dating experiences, as opposed to I'm going on these dates to evaluate <laughs> this is the right person for me. Imagine if, if soon as I see a house, like I'm buying a house, say, mm. as soon as I say, okay, this, this is the house I think I'm going to buy. I'm evaluating. Mm -hmm. I, I like this house. Immediately, you have to hire someone to find out everything that's wrong with the house. Yep. You come to my house and people, oh, your house is so beautiful. I say, yeah, but you don't know <laughs> <laughs> what's under this house. So, you know, that screen door doesn't work. This is what You know, the, the brain will go into what's wrong with this person as opposed to creating a series of positive dating experiences. Mm -hmm. The red flags will show up is as you're having, getting to know each other more, you'll start to feel, this is in my dating book. I talk about five stages of dating. The first one should just be, look at the positive. Then the second one, is no, it inevitably, once you start thinking this is a really special person, that's where you're going to start looking for the red flags. Don't. 
that's where you realize you're in the second stage and it's called uncertainty. The second stage, dating, it's exciting. I like this person. Maybe they're, I want to go further with this person. As soon as you go into maybe I want, then you're going to go into I don't know. And you mm. need to give the relationship a break. Men will tend to pull away. Mm. Women will tend to pursue and sabotage. See, women, we're trying to validate this is a good relationship. Well, women will go to him or look at his faults or seek reassurance from him. Like, mm. hey, you know, suddenly you stop calling me. What's going on? Do we have a relationship? Do we not? Well, you just kicked him out of the house. Okay. Instead, and we have classes on this at my website, but the, the, you send him a text. You don't ask, where's the relationship about? You just say, hey, I, you imagine in your mind, he called you up and he says to you, wow, that was such a great evening we had together. What's going on right now in your life? Imagine mm -hmm. he says that to you. What would your answer be? And try to have a good answer which would be something like, well, I had coffee with my girlfriend today and they had croissants. The chocolate was amazing. I feel like I'm in heaven. That's it. Mm. Send him that text. One a week, two a week. What's he going to get the message? He's not in trouble because mm. he's in uncertainty as well. He's not in trouble. He's not going to be punished. He's not being rejected. He's not being judged for not having called you back or not coming interacting. He may need some cooling off time mm. just to reflect because you had sex too soon. The sooner you have sex, the more intense the uncertainty stage will be. But that, you know, couples today are gonna have sex, <laughs> but at least hold it off for a while, okay? And then, then, see the wisdom in the past, you couldn't have sex with a woman until you married her. Mm. So basically you bonded in all these different ways. Then when you had sex, it didn't like knock you into uncertainty so much. Right. It's right. like going shopping for a house. You pick the first house and suddenly you have buyer's remorse. Mm. You know, you don't get so close so quickly. And you don't judge whether you're going to let somebody get so close. They have to go slow with the process, enjoy the process. And part of enjoying the process is knowing the mistakes you've made in the past and try not doing those. Mm. And so if you read my books, all you'll find, men or women, all you'll see is me telling you all the mistakes, how you've messed up your life <laughs> and what you can do differently. I don't think I've helped anybody if I don't tell them what they did wrong and yeah. then how they could do it differently. And mm. the things that give reasons why, you know, understanding this, everybody knows you shouldn't fight. But how did you do it? Why are you doing it when you're in a fight? You, know, mm -hmm. you have to understand there's forces that can affect us hugely. And a simple trick, if I'm upset, I've got a, even to this day, I've got a sticker on my mirror in the bathroom that says, don't talk. <laughs> you know, I can talk it's for hours and hours. A good reminder. <laughs> reminder, don't talk, don't talk. And it's not just always that simple. She's going to want to know what's going on inside. And at that point, you say, well, we'll get to that. But right now, I'm more interested in what you're saying and how we understand that better. And then and then basically, you, what women are seeking in that caring, understanding and respect is reassurance. Mm -hmm. They want reassurance that you still love them. And when you're sucking up your emotions, you're not really feeling your love. It's mm -hmm. hard to feel your love while you're sucking up your emotions. OK, what you do is just prevent yourself from making it worse by talking about your frustration in a tone like that. So you have this, and you have agreements. Look, I just sometimes need to think about what you said, and then I'll come back, we'll talk about it. And, and when you do come back and talk about it, you don't talk about it right away. That's another thing. If ever, you know, it escalates to the point where I need to say, look, I need to think about this. I go off after many years of going, having, I come back. 
But when I come back, I don't immediately address the issue that triggered us because usually it's some issue that we have or whatever it is. Yep. You start with little things. You just come in the room. I, I, our single would be, I just stroke her hair to let her know Mr. Friendly is back. <laughs> right. Because, you know, when a man is triggered, he's not friendly. We're mm-hmm. warriors, you know, and you want him to be a warrior. You just don't want him to be a warrior on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if he gets triggered, he's responsible. And, you know, this is basic used to be basic training for men. You used to be a warrior. You had to stand in line. The sergeant would just abuse you verbally. And you say, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, yes, sir. Be neutral. Any mm-hmm. non-neutral response you have, he's going to say, give me 50 push-ups. You've got to pay for that. Mm-hmm. And, and so men have to learn that is part of being a man. It's not whining, not complaining, not being sarcastic, not saying mean things to the person you love. I don't say mean things to other people. Go box them. That's okay. You know, right. <laughs> going to the gym. No, even today where people are trying to say uh, like football is not good, you know, just because somebody who was uh, medically mistreated <laughs> dies on the football field. They want to say football did that. No, it didn't. And I'm all for little changes in football to make it safer, whatever. But the truth is more, some men have more violence in them than others. And so competition is very, very important where we want to kill the other team, but we do it together as our team. Mm-hmm. So the belongingness is learning to follow rules that control your behaviors. You, you can't go punch somebody. You know, you can't bite their ear off. <laughs> you can punch them with gloves. There's rules. So it's like learning to channel that violence, that power inside of a male in a way that follows the rules. And what I'm getting from it is the rules when you're dealing with someone you love. Mm-hmm. You know, you treat them very differently from other people. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I have a very what is what is the what is the rule for the time frame of a new dating couple having sex? What is what is the time frame? Obviously, it may, it may not be exact, but is there a yeah, don't have exact. sex on, on the first date? Obviously, sure. the man has to bond then, but is there a general time frame you've seen yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that can I, happen? You know, just these are general ideas, okay? And, and I'm not like this is not all something that's measurable. Yeah. Uh, it's maturity. The more mature you are, the more you live life, you you understand what you've been looking for, what you need. You're more realistic. You're more grounded. You're not going to be infatuated. You know, the infatuation stage of a relationship is enjoy just the kiss, you know, hold back from going all the way, you know, enjoy that. It's going to go away. So enjoy (laughs) sex will make it go away faster. Okay. (laughs) So just enjoy, you know, the just to touch and to feel and be close and hold hands and put your arm around each other. It will happen. But see, we're we're so greedy. We're so addicted. I want the big bang. You know, it's like then it's not going to be it's going to go away so much faster. Yep. It's, you learn how to enjoy arousal as a key mm. thing. It's like I don't have to have a big shot of cocaine in order to be happy. Then you're dependent upon the shot of cocaine, the dopamine hit. You have a little dopamine hit that's very satisfying, which is feeling aroused in the presence. And women can do this much easier than men. Okay. And, it, you know, they've just got this little tiny clitoris. We've got <laughs> a big guy there. He's filling up with blood and says, I got to get to work. So, what you do is you do things to bring it into your heart, you bring it into your mind, you bring your behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's a very fulfilling time in your life. So, what's the number? We always want the numbers. The more mature you are, the more quickly you go into that one. To beware of what you're wanting. Okay. If you're looking for a long-term relationship, if that's what you're looking for, take longer to have sex. If you just want to throw your sex energy out there, and I did it in my life, so I can't judge people for 
So, so, but just know that your life is not going to be as fantastic. You know, you want a fantastic life and I have a fantastic life and I know where it came from because I wasn't addicted to sex after mm-hmm. age 18, I became a pure celibate monk. Mm-hmm. So I, I sublimated that energy and prayer and meditation and yoga and all that good stuff. Uh, until I matured at 28 years old, then I said, now I'm ready to come out into the world. Uh, have lots of sex. And I mm-hmm. did. And what I found is about half of my higher consciousness disappeared. Uh, that was, and what I noticed, if it was a woman I didn't really know, it was a big drop. But when I finally got married, it didn't drop at all. Mm-hmm. It didn't grow, but it didn't drop until mm-hmm. I learned how to have orgasms without ejaculating. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, then it just keeps growing and growing. Your testosterone levels get higher and higher. Uh, this is now the biology of this, <clears throat> just to point out. Now, this is just biology, and we'll finish up because we've gone way over time. Yep. <laughs> There's so much fun to talk to you, Kudo. <laughs> we went all different directions here. I really want men to understand their biology. Testosterone of such importance. You have sex on Saturday night with this woman, and maybe you know, you're a younger guy, 20s and 30s, date for a couple of months. You know, and another thing of that is she should feel she wants sex as opposed to she needs to have sex to keep him. It's a big difference. Some women don't know the difference, but it's it's like when she's really feeling safe and secure. But when you're young, you can feel safe and secure and it's just fantasy. You don't know the person. What you want is to be safe and secure with reality. And then that's a healthier time to have sex. So two or three months, you know, get to know somebody. That sounds like so long for people who are addicted to sex, but this is something willpower and discipline can help us to overcome and strengthen our masculinity. For women, it's not usually so hard. Okay, so the research on men showed 25-year-old athlete men, uh, they measured their testosterone levels and they had sex. When they had sex on Saturday night, uh, the next day their testosterone, during sex, their testosterone goes up. But the next day it goes back to what's called baseline. Every, there's this very basic baseline in our culture of where most men's testosterone levels are. And every year it goes down 1%, 1%, 1%. Mm-hmm. Uh, average 50 year old man has half the testosterone levels he had as a young man. Wow. And this is just, this is a phenomenon that's modern, you know, just 20 years ago, a 20 year old had 20% more testosterone than a 20 year old today. Mm. It's softened up. We want to talk about our feelings all the time. Anytime you're complaining, you're a man, your estrogen levels are soaring. Your testosterone is going down. Right. Just mm. Suck it up. Stop complaining. Stop feeling like a victim, you know? Mm. Put your big pants on and do it. Okay. So, and, and get love and support. You know, I don't, you know, if you have a strong female side and you're weak as a man, you need to talk to a good therapist who can help you process those negative emotions. I'm not against negative emotions. If they're there, you have to be able to articulate your negative emotions, see where they come from, use your logic to minimize them and not use negative emotions to get what you want or determine what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So when I let fear keep me from doing things, my fear grows stronger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Feel the fear and do it anyway. We're not yeah. talking about irrational fears. We're talking about <laughs> yeah. you know, move, it's move reasonable through. for me to go to, to do this thing. It's a reasonable thing to do, but I'm holding back. Why am I holding back behind all procrastination is I'm afraid. So when you yeah. let your fear control you, your fear increases. When you let your anger control you to get what you want. Okay. See, using fear, you're not really getting what you want. You're getting to avoid what you don't want. But it's again, mm. you're getting what you want is to not go be in danger, not look bad, not look foolish, not make a mistake, lose something. 
So when you're letting emotions control your behavior, if you're a man, you're only going to make your estrogen go lower and lower and lower. Mm. So the study, come back, I'm going to come back to the study. Uh, so they measured the testosterone goes down to baseline and it stays at baseline. And let's say you have sex, you did it on Saturday night, and then you do it on Tuesday. So again, you have sex, after sex, it goes back down to baseline. And it pretty much stays at baseline all week long. Then mm. on Saturday night, when you get up in the morning, this is seven days later, from the first, you had sex on Saturday night, you had sex on Tuesday. Now when you have sex on Saturday, you start out at baseline and it goes up. Mm. Now, if you had sex just once a week, like Saturday night, you'll go back down to your baseline and you don't masturbate, you don't have sex that during the week, you wait for seven days, this is what the test shows, you wait for seven days, when you wake up, your testosterone levels are 50% higher. Wow. That means you got much harder erection than you would normally mm -hmm. have. And mm -hmm. uh, it's now my taking two studies, adding them together in my own personal experience, is what we mm. see statistically in our culture is testosterone levels in men are going down, 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 down. Mm. And so many men masturbate. Porn is the biggest business online. Uh, that, that I'm saying is a part of the problem. Not the whole problem, but a part of the problem. So what we see is that it could be men masturbating or just having sex more than once a week. What's happening is they keep going down to baseline. And yeah. over time, we know statistically for men, this is another study, that their testosterone levels go down 1% every year. So mm. your baseline is getting lower and lower and lower. If every Saturday, if you had sex once a week and you got woke up with a baseline 50% higher, mm. you will still go back down to your baseline afterwards, mm. but your baseline is not going to go down over the next 50 years. Right. It's going to yeah. slowly go higher and higher and higher, which is what mm. happened for me. Mm. Uh, so I can just mm. add those two things together and draw my conclusion but what we do know is couples typically mm. have sex twice a week. There's a pressure to have sex twice a week. And what you're doing is that means on Saturday night, when you have sex after having it on Tuesday, mm. your testosterone levels are not are at baseline rather than 50% higher. Mm. So if they're 50% higher, then what happens, you're going to be more romantic. You're going to be more motivated. You're going to be more interested. Her estrogen levels are going to be more responsive to having sex with you. And she's going to enjoy sex more because mm. the foreplay mm. is happening with a man whose testosterone levels are like they were when they first fell in love. Because mm. when you first fall in love because of the fantasy, your dopamine levels will go higher. That makes his testosterone levels go up 50% higher. So all the couples are always saying to me, you know, how do we bring back the passion? Well, one thing you can do, a lot of things that will add to it, but one thing, just try fasting from sex. Yeah, I was going to have sex less. <laughs> it's just like we're talking about yeah. power. And, and yeah. if you want to raise your testosterone, also fast. That's a discipline. Mm -hmm. Also, whatever disciplines there are until it becomes your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this having to apply yourself that raises dopamine that keeps your testosterone levels up. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, and why there's hope for relationships, and I'll finish with this because yes. I, I know you have to finish too, but the hope in relationships is that we now have this thing called understanding hormones of men and women, mm. because I can do certain things. We talked about one of the things. I have many things I suggest for men, but being a good listener and not arguing and not complaining will not only raise your testosterone, but raise her estrogen. And it's the mm. when testosterone goes up in the presence of a woman, 
her estrogen will go up. When estrogen goes up in the presence of a man, her, his testosterone will go up. See, the pheromones do this. This is, you know, two women don't, a woman, another woman, even if she has a lot of masculine qualities that can create some attraction, it won't be sustained. And that's borne mm -hmm. out in the research. Uh, mm -hmm. Gay couples, for example, they have what's called dead bed. They lose the sexual attraction. I can't be too judgmental of that because straight couples lose the attraction as well. But we do know within a few years, it goes away. We know that in the gay male, um, mm. and these are generalizations, there's exceptions, but there's an understanding that men are that men cheat or men are going to mm. go out and have sex with another man. The passion between each other goes mm. away. The love doesn't. They can still love each other. We love each other. We just don't have sex anymore. Mm. My partner, he's the more masculine one. He's out having sex with all the other guys. Right. So, mm. But we're talking about when you have male and female genetics, not whether you think you're a woman, think you're a man, it's the actual mm. hormones of a man and a woman. That's consistent throughout your life. What happens is that initial rush of dopamine, when you know someone new and different, okay, they're new and different. That's a major quality of dopamine. And when there's sexual attraction, what will happen for a man, his testosterone levels will soar because dopamine mm -hmm. goes higher testosterone goes higher. For a woman in a relationship, when her dopamine levels go up, her estrogen levels will go up as well, and she'll be orgasmic. Mm. So that's that juice in the beginning of a relationship. It's like free hormones because it's new and different. But it's not love. It's all fantasy. Okay. Yeah. So when the love comes in, you know, it's, it's love like ice cream. I love ice cream. Okay. It's just <laughs> our addiction. But when the, the love of serotonin, when serotonin comes in, there's a peacefulness, yes. uh, a relaxation and an ease and a comfort and, and a love. Okay. When, when that serotonin comes in, there's a comfort, but the serotonin lowers the dopamine. That's familiarity is serotonin, mm -hmm. danger, newness, let me make decisions. That's your dopamine. In a long-term relationship, inevitably the, you don't get free dopamine just by spending time with your partner. It's too familiar. You're too at ease. You're too comfortable. So you don't get the benefit of high dopamine to stimulate your testosterone. So your testosterone goes down, her estrogen goes down, the attraction becomes less. How to trigger the attraction. If you're depending on dopamine, it's always going to go away. And everybody does in the beginning. There will always be the free hormones from dopamine. If you have this knowledge that I'm teaching, behaviors and the ways you interact in your life and in your relationship with your spouse, if you interact in ways that raise testosterone in men and raise estrogen in women, then you can feel the attraction, even though you're not getting these big hits of dopamine. In a healthy way. Yeah. There's a lot of other techniques uh, to, to raise testosterone and, and men that women can understand and for men with women mm -hmm. and how we have sex is also a major factor of, mm. of testosterone and, heart and estrogen being in balance. Mm -hmm. if, if, if sex is too, too much for the man, uh, then her estrogen levels won't go so high. Mm -hmm. If sex is, is too much for her, then his testosterone levels won't go so high. So there's a whole mm -hmm. dynamic. I've written a great book called Mars, Venus in the Bedroom. Amazing. Couples Amazing. stop having sex. There's tools that will bring it right back by mm -hmm. adjusting the polarity, by putting him into the male energy, her into the female energy. And I'm, of course, tempted to reveal that, but coming back to, this has been a Valentine's Day special. We have to end up with, with on a romantic date, it's always a little planning on the man's side. 
Mm. It's for her. It's not what he would like. And as you say to her, oh, what do you want to do? She'll often say, oh, what do you want to do? <laughs> Don't do what you want to do. <laughs> and you often even have a discussion a week in advance, time in advance. Tell me three things you'd like to do, honey. I don't know. What do you want to do? Well, I could do this or this, but don't do those things. Just say, oh, we could do this, but I'm really more interested in what you want to do. Tell me a few things and then I'll pick. And then you you picked and she presented what three things that she would love to do. And then you get credit for it all. And then she gets to appreciate that. Oh, he did that. Uh, there's just a, there's a glory that women have when they can you know if I if I get a re- I remember when I got Bonnie turned fifty I got a fiftieth anniversary I rented out this place all the family and grandkids everybody came together and I made sure she saw me spend two days on the computer finding this place <laughs> effort for her that makes her feel special and then also got a good deal that women love a good deal and uh, these are all very. They, I know I know all the things that make a woman happy. <laughs> all those things. And so after the vacation, took lots of pictures on it so we could look at it and she could show those pictures. Because whenever she shows mm. them, mm. She, her estrogen levels will go higher. Mm. And, and then she brags. Her bragging rights is not, people will say, well, how'd you find this place? Oh, John, John did it. <laughs> See, that's, that's bragging rights for a woman. Mm. I got someone to do something for me. And bragging rights for a man is I did something that made her happy. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, that's the balance. But if she's doing everything, yeah, she's over there, oh, I do everything. Well, she's on her male side. Yeah. It doesn't raise her estrogen for her to do everything. Well, certainly you can do things. I mean, it's not like a rigid, but when you're stressed, see, when couples don't have the attraction, when couples are not feeling the connection, when couples are arguing all the time, when couples are distant, you know, when things have changed. You have to just know you guys have gone into role reversal where mm-hmm. she's become more masculine. He's become more feminine. Mm-hmm. And by when a man is more feminine, that means he loses his motivation. Yep. The question you wanted to start out with, which I was all excited about, is uh-huh. we'll end on that one. I'm going to cut it off. Hood <laughs> <laughs> is so appreciative of what I say. And he's also my good friend. I can hardly stop talking, <laughs> appreciating what I say. One of the myths about dating. Yes. The myth is, comes from our own experience. And that is men, because the newness of a relationship produces dopamine. Mm. And dopamine is not only aliveness and pleasure, it's also motivation. So in the newness of a relationship, men are automatically motivated. Mm. That's temporary. But women are thinking, wow, this guy's so motivated because a motivated man is like everything to a woman. You know, he's really mm-hmm. interested in me, wants to do things for me. He's encouraging me. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's just like alive around me. Wow, oh, they just love that. That makes her feel special, makes her feel safe, makes her feel like you care about her. She's important to you. So the motivation is only temporary. Automatic emo- motivation. Mm-hmm. Something has to happen to motivate him. And what happens to motivate him is when women need a man and when they appreciate what he does do, he then is motivated for more. Mm -hmm. But that's the myth. The myth is that, oh, I fall in love with him. He's amazing. He's so motivated. That's going to go away unless you have advanced relationship skills. The the myth for men, I'm dating her. I just called her up and she's so happy. I called back and Mm -hmm. I planned a little date, didn't spend much money at all, but she was so happy. And we went on a little vacation and everything was like fine. She was like low maintenance. She wasn't complaining. You know, this is amazing. This is, I finally found the woman. She's always happy. No matter what I do, she's okay with it. I make a mistake. Oh, no big deal. You're late. 
what he doesn't know is that inside, you know, well, after we get married, you'll all, you'll, mm. you'll value me more and then you'll always be on time, whatever the issues might be. Mm. So man's fantasy is that this woman will always be happy and she's not going to always be happy. That's just a fantasy. Mm. So when it sets in that she's upset about some little thing that to him seems like a little thing to her might be a big deal, but he thinks it's a little thing. What happened to that woman who was not bothered? For mm. example, when you're on a date, he didn't mm. make reservations. You're waiting in line. She's happy just to be in line and get to talk to you. But now you're married and he didn't get reservations. That's like, different. Get reservations. <laughs> right. You could have just called. Why were you thinking ahead? Mm. So, so it's so the idea here is I have to learn things to help my wife find her yes. happiness, and she has to learn things to help motivate a man. Beautiful. I only gave one example in our talk today, which asking a man to turn out the light. Okay, as simple as that. If you say, if you, you didn't turn out the light is not a request. You think it is, but it's not a request. Mm-hmm. You should turn out the light is not a request. A request mm-hmm. is, hey, with, in, a, in a tone of voice that says it's not a big deal, meaning I'm not that bothered by it. I'm mm-hmm. not that bothered by it. All you have to say to a man, it's not a big deal. He'll go right in to hear what you have to say. <laughs> you get emotional, he's going to be like this. Yeah. So that's the thing women can learn. Preface any any request with, you know, it's not really a big deal. Sometimes you forget. I just want to remind you how good it feels mm-hmm. when you do it. These mm-hmm. are like nice, not be nice to your partner, be, mm-hmm. but be intelligent in how you do it. So these are the skills based upon understanding how significant our differences really are when it comes to romantic relationships. Other kinds of relationships, maybe the differences don't matter that much, mm-hmm. but this is but, where it's most important. And what I love is, John, is, is, is some of the, the, Sometimes seeming counterintuitive, but but uh, so much of what you're saying is is in, is biology and it's innate to us. We've just lost touch with our own natural sort of essence and expression. And so, uh, you know, I, I, I love this. I could idea. say something to that in terms yeah. of losing touch with our natural expression. And I know what you said, and it's just right. We used to have a culture mm. for thousands and thousands of years that helped men yes. back to their masculine side. It helped women, women back to their female side, mm-hmm. but it was outdated. It is outdated. That mm-hmm. culture has to change to support women on their male side, but being able to come back to their female side. Mm-hmm. That's not what we figured out yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm teaching. How a relationship, particularly a significant relationship, has the greatest power to assist a woman coming from too much on her male side back to her female right. side. Mm-hmm. And also for us men, it becomes so soft. And and happy and fulfilled. I don't want more. I, I I'm a soft guy. I'm also a hard guy too. But mm-hmm. you know, I want both those qualities. So for a man who wants to have more love, more peace, more harmony, more cooperation, how he can also come back to his male side, which is competitive. Yeah. I, I ideally competitive with himself, which mm-hmm. is I always want to be better. I want to be a better man. I want to accomplish more. I want my relationship to be better. I want my business to be better. Sometimes for men, it's just limited to the business nah. and money. That can be addiction, but it is does make sense, doesn't it? If you have money, women seem to like you more. <laughs> we want John, too. John I, I, I so appreciate you going way above and beyond and pouring your wisdom and your heart, your energy, sharing your gifts with, with everyone today. Um, hopefully you've enlightened some of us, you've challenged some of us, triggered some of us, yes, and yes. Uh, inspired many of us today to, to, to look at relationship from a whole new paradigm. A couple of things, two things really, is how can people find out about you and your work? What's the best website? And I know you have uh, a seminar coming up in March. 
Uh, where can people find out about that? And then maybe a sentence or two, what's the seminar about? Yeah, real briefly, it's relationship seminar. I work with people in the room and they usually, you know, around 30 or 40 people, these workshops, and we do some exercise, I give some talks and I work with couples and you don't have to do all the work yourself. You see other people doing mm-hmm. it on stage with me and that's usually more more effective because mm-hmm. you get to see yourself up there. So that's a couple of days we do that. Powerful life-changing experience in such a short time. One, you don't have to be in a relationship. Single people love it. Married couples love it. Couples who want more love, couples having difficulties, struggles. There's always a few people who are on the verge of divorce. Uh, you know, this is real life and it's real fun. So that's mm-hmm. the two-day courses. But online at marsvenus.com, we have an academy or courses. You can see it right at the top. And we have one on sex. That's me doing it. And then we have two for women only, which I recommend men to watch. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to know what women think about men and how to get over it and what their issues are. And, and you actually learn more about yourself. But my daughter does them. And uh, they're eight weeks and, and four-week courses uh, called Understanding Men, which is mm-hmm. super Another one is called how to get your me time when you're in a relationship, how to make sure your needs are being met. And then we have one that's free right on the front page, which is how to get everything you want in your relationship. And it's just a short course, but it covers the main points very succinctly. And I encourage everybody just to go there and just give it a try. It's very short and uh, four days and you'll, you'll learn so much. And hopefully you'll be able to see that you've been creating all your problems <laughs> and give your, let yourself off the hook because you really didn't know better. Uh, we really, we're in a new era. The rules have all changed. How can women be balanced with their masculine and feminine? How men can be balanced with their feminine and masculine? These are new lessons for us to learn. And I think that uh, I'm at the cutting edge of that. And you're, you're going to get a lot of insight. Awesome. Uh, MarsVenus.com, folks. We're going to put uh, John's link in the show notes. Definitely. Uh, March, is it 4th and 5th, your event? March 4th and 5th. I, the first, I know it's the first. That sounds right. That sounds yeah, right. It's, it's the first weekend of March. Check it out on, on John's website, as you can tell. It's right here, 20 minutes out it's of in Northern, It's in Northern California, as you can tell. This man is a national treasure and a fan of wisdom. Um, John, love you lots. Big hugs. Everybody, happy Valentine's Day. Wishing you all much love and blessings. Make sure you share this episode, please. Do me a favor, share this episode with everyone in your life that you love, anyone that you think and feel would find value. Spread the word, and I'll catch you in next week's episode of Soul Talk. Much love. If you've enjoyed this episode of Soul Talk, please do share the podcast with all of your friends. Let everyone know, and make sure you download Soul Talk today. I'm looking forward to next week, where I'll get to share more inspiration with you. Meanwhile, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or social media. You can find out more about my work at www.cooplaxon.com. If you feel ready to take your life to the next level, join me at my exclusive event in Bali, www.boundlessblissbali.com, where you can find out more and apply. Also, make sure to remember to download my free two-part video training series and learn the ultimate secrets to happiness and fulfillment at coopblackson.com. Sending you all big hugs and love now.